0: is real there's power in your name we're my hope when we trust in your ways we Jesus is real
1: judgment is coming for all of us as well whoa <laughs> that one's like Ooh. do you know why judgment is coming? because each one of us has been built up with pride. Each one of us has allowed self to seethe up within us and that selfishness, that ego, that pride has wreaked havoc on all sorts of people and situations. And this is also why Jesus is so
0: important. Following God isn't all butterflies and rainbows. Actually, a relationship with Jesus begins with a hard look at your need for rescue. The truth is that you mess up and you can't make it right with God on your own, but that's why Jesus is so important. Today, Pastor Daniel will share the necessary but ugly truth that you've made a mess of things and there's going to be a fallout. But he reminds you that there's also hope because Jesus is real and he wants to rescue you. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Obadiah as he continues his message, Wrongs Made Right.
1: judgment that is coming on the Edomites and it's going to have to do with their relationship with their brother now what's interesting about this is we get an understanding of why judgment is coming in verse 2 look at what it says it says behold I will make you small among the nations you shall be greatly despised the pride of your heart has deceived you you who dwell in the cluster of the rocks whose habitation is high who say in your heart who will bring me down to the ground Though you ascend as high as the eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down. You see, the problem that the descendants of Esau have is that they're proud. They're they're puffed up. And you have to realize that pride leads to judgment. Pride leads to judgment. How do I know? Well, Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19 says, pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. See, the word pride in the Hebrew language, it literally comes from the same word that means to boil water. The idea of it seething up, it's boiling and bubbling up. And what pride is, is pride is a human condition where all of a sudden the self bubbles up and the self becomes the most important thing. Today, people call it, thanks to Sigmund Freud, the ego. People like to say ego, E-G-O, edging God out. That's what ego is. Ego is when you are so full of yourself that who needs God? And it's all about me. And you know what's amazing is, is the problem that we have today, just like the Edomites have, is that the biggest issue that we have in our own lives is ourselves. Like, each one of us is proud. We have pride struggles, and each one of us, our own feelings of selfishness and self-worth is bubbling up in each one of us. But the problem is, is that pride leads to judgment. Not only for the Edomites, but also for you and I. How is pride impacting your life right now? See, in each one of us, if we're honest, we look at the pride causes all sorts of divisions in all sorts of places in our world. Because what happens is we have a tendency when we're focused on ourselves that we don't see clearly. The self-focus blurs our vision. And you think about, for the Edomites, we're gonna see all these reasons why they were proud. We're gonna notice where they were living, the relationships that they were having, you know, all the resources they had at their, their disposal. There's reasons why. There's reasons why pride gets the best of us. And what's interesting is that, not only the Edomites, but us as well, this is the curse of the fall of Adam and Eve, the human condition as we know it. See, remember when Satan came, The serpent, he spoke to Adam and Eve, and he said, look, if you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll be like God. Right? And really what he's saying is that by God not letting you eat, God's kind of not taking care of you. Like, he's leaving you hanging. And what happens is, and then they end up eating, and they become self-aware. And that self-awareness brings all sorts of repercussions. See, what's amazing is, is the serpent didn't lie to Adam and Eve. When they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they did become like God. They did become aware of themselves. But you know what the problem is? They weren't God. And so what happens is is the self-awareness, but they're not God, causes all sorts of destruction in the world. And that's the way Satan lies to you and I in regards to our pride. See, it's kind of like, do you ever watch the commercials for the new drugs that are coming on the market? Do you ever watch those things where it's like, you're going bald, take this pill, right? And they go, and then the side effects will be death, vomiting, (laughs) boils on your skin, but you'll have a great head of hair, you know? Like you ever see those things? It's like, you know, I got this issue and then all the other issues will be way worse than the issue. Like I I got toe fungus, but you might lose an arm, but at least you get rid of your toe fungus, (laughs) you know? And I always crack up when I see those. I'm like, man, this is great. But you know, I bring it up. You know what Satan does? Satan, in stirring up our pride, he tells us what the benefit is, but he doesn't actually tell you what the side effects are. And see, that's the problem. See, because what he does is he's telling you something that you want to hear. Like, I Adam, mean, he's like, I want to be like God. I mean, like, I, I don't want to be missing out on life. But he doesn't ever tell you what the side effects are. So you get hair on your head, but you end up losing an arm or something. Right? And that's the way Satan works. And he works mostly through our pride because we, because of the fall of Adam and Eve, we're focused on ourselves and we have a self-centered kind of a way about all of us. And there's reasons why. And for the Edomites, They had many reasons why. Like notice, you notice in verse three, you who dwell in the clefts of the rocks, whose habitation is high, who say in their heart, who's going to bring me down to the ground? Though you ascend as high as the eagles and you set your nest among the stars from there, I'll bring you down. See, the Edomites lived in a whole region that was Mount Seir was a part of it. So they had an advantageous place to live. They were on a mountaintop. And in a severe culture, being up in the mountains, you could always see people coming up right? And so there was the protection of where they lived. And they're saying, oh, I'm up here. I'm fine. Like, I got this made. I'm in a great spot. Some of us, our pride works in these ways, right? Where all of a sudden you start to think to yourself, man, I got, I mean, there's no problem. Like, I'm in a great spot. You know, it's all solid right now. Ain't no one going to get to me. But when you do that and you forget God, there's a huge problem. Not only that, they have other reasons why as well. Notice in verse 5, I mean, and really we see the severity of this judgment. If thieves had come to you, if robbers by night, oh, how you will be cut off. Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If great gatherers had come to you, is verse 5, would they have not have left some gleanings? He's like, look, the judgment that's coming, you would have rather gotten robbed. The robbers can only take what they can carry. And he's like, and if people came and they gathered in your field, they would have left you gleaning so you could still eat. He's like, no, it's going to be worse than that. Notice verse six. Oh, how Esau shall be searched out, how his hidden treasure shall be sought after. Notice in verse seven, part of their pride is in their relationships and their business agreements. All the men of your confederacy, they shall force you to the border. The men at peace with you shall deceive you and prevail against you. Those who eat your bread shall lay a trap for you. No one is aware of it. See They had all of these relationships, and they felt like there was protection in the relationships that they had. So not only do you have this ransacking problem, you have this entrapment. They're going to get entrapped by the very people they're linked up with. And in verse 8, it says, Will I not in that day, says the Lord, even destroy the wise men from Edom, and understanding from the mountains of Esau? Then your mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that everyone from the mountains of Esau... Maybe cut off by slaughter. Do you see what's going on? See, this judgment that's coming, it's coming for a reason. There's things that have gone on that are bringing this judgment. Now, what I love about teaching the Bible is that I get the unique pleasure of having to talk about things that we normally wouldn't choose to talk about if we're just trying to like, okay, let's just feel, let's go to church world, all gonna feel good and it's gonna be great. You know, it's like, who's gonna talk about this? Nobody. But it's the beauty of when you teach the Bible, you have to talk about things that you don't prefer. And what you find here is that this reality for the Edomites, that judgment is coming because of their pride and all the reasons why, I have to warn you that judgment is coming for all of us as well. Whoa. Everyone's huh. like, ooh. Do you know why judgment is coming? Because each one of us has been built up with pride. Each one of us has allowed self to seethe up within us And that selfishness, that ego, that pride has wreaked havoc on all sorts of people and situations. And this is also why Jesus is so important. Because God knows who we are. God knows who you are. God knows who I am. God knows the things that we've done. But what God does is God realizes that judgment is right for what we have done. God's not saying, well, you did it, but it's not, you know, it's not that big. No, it's a huge deal. Judgment is coming. And then he said, but because the judgment is so severe, I'm going to send Jesus to receive the judgment in your place so that you don't have to. And I'm here to tell you, no matter who you are or where you've been, doesn't matter what your upbringing was, what your teenage years were. It doesn't matter what I'm here to tell you. No matter what religion you grew up as, it doesn't matter. Everybody is under the judgment of God because of this pride problem. All the ways that the seething self builds up in our lives and makes its way into the world. But the reason Jesus is so important is because God accepts Jesus receiving our judgment in our place. And no matter, you have to think about that for a second. That that's what the good news of Jesus is. That we deserve judgment, but God gave that judgment to Jesus and gives me the blessings that Jesus is rightfully deserving of. And Jesus wants it to be that way. He's like, I want to go take care of that because I know that that is the only way because they do deserve judgment. But something is amazing that happens when in our pride, we allow ourselves to see the mistakes that we've made. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's a problem. So you know what pride does? Pride blinds us to seeing our part of the problem. Isn't that what it does? Pride covers our eyes so we can't see the part we play. And then Jesus shows up and says, hold on. you got to own the part that you play in this. See, Jesus died because of me. See, I always tell people, people always say to me, So, Pastor Daniel, what's the hardest part of ministry for you? I'm like, easy, it's me. I'm the hardest part of ministry. Me having to deal with my own stuff. Sure, I could say it's this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. I wish this person was nice, I wish this person was, you know, this, you know, it's, you go through all, but really know what the big problem is is me. You know what's amazing? You know what your biggest problem in life is? It's you. You're your single biggest issue in your life. It's not your spouse. It's not this or the other, not your boss. We want to make it those things, but really it's us learning how to navigate our own stuff. That's what it is. And because of that, that's why we all need Jesus so bad. And that's why here we unabashedly invite people to come to receive Jesus without any qualms at all because there's judgment coming and the only way not to have to stomach your own judgment for your own mistakes is to put your faith and trust in jesus that's god's designed way to see a person be saved it's through jesus that's how it works and what we're going to see as we continue in, in this book is that god is judging the edomites for exactly what they have done look at what it says in galatians chapter six verses seven and eight, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For if he sows to the flesh, he will of the flesh reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit of the spirit, he will reap everlasting life. This is a simple idea. It's like if you wanted to plant a garden, right? You go to the nursery and you get some seeds. And if you say, oh, I want to plant a row of zucchini, put the zucchini seeds in. I want some, some tomatoes. You put some tomatoes in. You want a little spices. You get all your, your little spices and stuff, right? And whatever you put in there, if you put a zucchini seed in, what do you get out? Zucchini. Nice. All right? If you put tomatoes in, what do you get out? Sauce. No. You get, get tomatoes. You know, you get tomatoes. You put spices, you get spices out. Right? It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever you put in, you get out. And he says, look, if you sow to the flesh, if you sow to rebellion against God, then of the flesh you're going to reap corruption. Because when you rebel against God, corruption happens. But if you sow to the Spirit, to the things of God, right, then of the Spirit you're going to reap what? Everlasting life. And really what you have going on is that the Edomites, they've been sowing something that when it comes time for the harvest, they're not going to enjoy at all. And we have to ask ourselves, what are we sowing right now that you really don't want to reap a harvest of? Because those verses in Galatians begin with, don't be deceived, God's not mocked. Don't be dumb, because God ain't playing. That's what that means. You want to update the line, don't be dumb, God ain't playing. Whatever it is that you put in, you're putting it in and you're going to get it out in spades. That's what it means. So now we get we move into verse 14 we're going to see the specific charges against the Edomites look what it says verse 10 for violence against your brother Jacob shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever in the day that you stood on the other side in the day that strangers carried captive his forces when foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem even you were one of them verse 12 But you should not have gazed on the day of your brother in the day of his captivity, nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor should you have spoken proudly in the day of their distress. You should not have entered the gates of my people in the day of their calamity. Indeed, you should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Verse 14, you should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped Escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them Who remained in the day of distress Do you notice these recurring phrases Both in the day of When something was happening to them In that day And then the other recurring phrases: You should not have Or nor should you have Right So at this time When the children of Israel were in crisis There was all sorts of things that the Edomites did that they shouldn't have done. So you want me to break it down into a principle for you and I? You need to treat your brother right. You need to treat your brother right. All of the issues that the Edomites have boils down to one thing, that when the children of Israel were in trouble, they did not take care of their brother. They should have, in that moment, in the day of their distress, in the day of their calamity, they should have not joined the party that added to the calamity, but they should have been different and they should have treated their brother right. And I'm here to tell you the reason that judgment comes to the world is because we don't treat our brothers and sisters right. In the outworking of life, we have a tendency not to help one another. And that is the problem. That's the problem. That when push comes to shove, we do not help the way we ought to. And what's interesting about these charges is that at first it began with attitudes and apathy, and then it led to behaviors. See, notice what it says. For violence against your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you. You should be cut off forever. So it's because of this violence that they impose. But how did the violence happen? Notice verse 11. First, in that day you stood on the other side... In the day that your strangers carried captive his forces, when foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, even you were one of them. When the children of Israel were being besieged, the first thing the Edomites did was they did nothing. They just watched. They didn't engage. They were apathetic to what was going on. And then from there, they start casting lots for Jerusalem, and they find themselves jumping in. In verse 12, But you should have not have gazed on the day of your brother, in the day of their captivity, nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor should you have spoken proudly. You know, this is all going on outside the gates. Now they're rejoicing in the calamity. Now they're saying, man, it's good that this happened. You know, like they're boasting and they're proud about it. They're having fun at the problems of the children of Israel. And then by the time you get to verse 13, now all of a sudden those attitudes start to play out in actions. You should have not have entered the gates. You shouldn't have grazed their things, stolen their stuff in their affliction. Shouldn't have laid hands on their substance. And then not only that, not only did they go in and get involved, but then when people were trying to leave, they were at the crossroads trying to block people who were fleeing for their life. It begins with an apathetic attitude, a passivity. And then it progresses into engagement, where now all of a sudden they're going into the city And now all of a sudden, it's all out offense against them by not even wanting to be protected. Do you know why I bring this up? Because sin is progressive, my friends. Sin begins in one place with an attitude, internally, an apathy, and it builds and builds and builds until it becomes something that you can't even imagine that I got there. Like... I was just reading an article about this. There was a lead singer of a Christian metal band who got arrested for trying to plot to kill his wife. Yeah, what? So I was like, what, yeah? And like literally, you read the article and this guy's life tells this story where he was a guy in a Christian band and they were a popular band, but he was struggling in his faith. And then he started using steroids and then he started cheating on his wife. And then this thing and that thing and that thing. And then all of a sudden now he's got 10 years in jail for trying to hire a hitman to kill his wife because they were getting a divorce. But it didn't begin there, it began with something else. And we have to realize that wrong attitudes lead to wrong actions. See, that's why the Bible places a premium on the heart. Because everything that happens externally begins internally see every sin that you would struggle with it's external, but its root is internal it's something in the heart there's an attitude or there's a, something in your heart that isn't lined up and then it plays itself out outwardly and in a lot of ways, the Bible places a premium on the heart because the Bible knows that if you can fix the root cause then the symptoms will go away. this began in the heart of the Edomites and then it grew and it grew and it grew. And I'm here to tell you, full-scale oppression of another person doesn't begin there. It begins with the wrong attitude that grows and grows and grows. So you got to ask yourself, do you treat your brother right? Do you follow the most basic principle of Christian ethics that you should do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. That you should treat others the way that you would want to be treated. See, what our world says is you just react to somebody, they give you something, you just give it back to them. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I want you to proactively be a blessing. I don't want you to treat them the way they treat you. I want you to treat them the way you would want to be treated if you were in that situation. And what it does is it keeps us from being able to blame other people for the way that we're acting because all of a sudden we say, no, no, no i'm choosing to act that way and all of a sudden you start saying "Well, so why am i acting that way and you start to ask yourself the hard questions that searches your heart and the spirit of god searches your heart and you say oh i see what i'm doing wow that's really not so much like jesus
0: jesus is It's as true for medical issues as it is for matters of character. Addressing the symptoms doesn't fix the root problem. Today, Pastor Daniel explained that the choices you make are rooted in your heart. God wants to get at the source and change you at your core. That's why Jesus told you to treat others how you want to be treated. It's not an issue of what they deserve or how they treated you. Instead, it's a matter of humbly recognizing your need for grace and help, and then choosing to give that to the people around you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my
1: book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God, and how that teaches you to love yourself well, from those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you.
0: And that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel challenges you to question how you respond to the needs you see in the world around you. It's easy to become numb or blind, to the myriads of needs you see everywhere you go. But that's not God's heart. He wants your heart to stay soft and passionate about reaching out. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Little is the New Big. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.